Hey friends, thanks for joining me for another episode. Uh, so coming into 2023, you might be looking at trying to tighten up your marketing strategy, but gosh, over the last couple of years, you might have some massive reservations about wanting to dive into social media in particular. And I totally hear you, I totally get it. So what I wanted to share with you in this episode was how I have built a system that allows me to kind of for lack of a better term, stay sane, whilst also be, cons- be consistently creating content that appears on social media. Now, I've always also set this system up so it's also not hyper-dependent on social media and it's skills and tools and um, methodologies that can work elsewhere for you as well. So I feel like this is the, if we're going to approach social media and be, and be consistent and try to get some sort of business um, gain out of it, this is the best way to do it. Let's do what works there, but also let's do what's also going to work elsewhere as well and develop our marketing strategy as a whole. So that's what I want to share with you in this episode. And if you're ready, let's jump in. Running a small business while raising small humans in a small town is tough, but it's the kind of tough we chose. Why? Because it allows us to reach bigger financial goals whilst also having the freedom to prioritize things on our terms. So how do we make sure it stays that way? How do we make sure that the businesses we build continue to set us free rather than becoming something we're enslaved by? Well, that's exactly what I'm using this podcast to find out. I'm Meredith Page. As well as being a wife and a mum, I'm a marketing strategist from regional Australia. I'm connecting with the small town entrepreneurs from right across the country. I want to know how they make it work, raising a family and running ethical businesses whilst maintaining mental well-being and healthy boundaries. And every now and then, I'll throw in something I've figured out too. This is the Meredith Page Podcast. So for many of us in business, one of our most common sort of news resolutions is to, you know, commit to getting our shit together with marketing for the new year. It's like, new year, new me. I'm going to market consistently. I'm going to try and level out these peaks and troughs. I'm going to appear on all these platforms. I know, I know it's going to be tight and it's going to be succinct and it's going to be every week. And then inevitably the wheels fall off. We get busy, life gets in the way, and then we feel like we've kind of failed social media again. Um, and one thing I notice is people People get bogged down trying to do the wrong things. People get too caught up on metrics that don't matter and don't actually have any impact on a business level. And then, they, yeah, they just end up focusing on all the wrong stuff. And, like, what I want to kind of do is help you from avoid going down the wrong rabbit holes. If you're going to tip all this energy into social media, I want to make sure that you're focusing on the right things here. Well, what I deem to be right, and what I deem to be right is largely based on what I deem to be practical. Um, So let's go down a bit of a rabbit hole together first. So I can show you what like winning on social media really looks like and why you should just stay in your own lane instead. So I'm going to try and accompany the visual component of this with a bit of of a few screenshots or with a screen grab. But I actually found this the other day just out of curiosity. And it just confirmed to me that I feel weird saying this as someone who's a social media person in in the mix. Social media is one of the things that I do. Social media is so freaking stupid. Like, I'm just going to say it. And I'm giving, as someone who does marketing and social media for a living, I'm giving you full permission to agree. Social media is freaking stupid. So what I want you to do, 
on Instagram, go to a tab in your profile where there's not that much content so you can get to the footer. I'm not sure if you can do this on the mobile site. That'll be a good experiment when I try and grab the screenshot for this as well, but you can do it on a desktop site. So go right down to the footer. Like for me, I went into say posts I'm tagged in because there's not that many. Um, scroll down to the bottom and then you want to click on top accounts in the footer. Um, I'll make this link available as in, in whatever format this shows up in as well. So then I want you to click zero. So it'll give you just a list of numbers, no labels or anything. It's a weird page. List of list of numbers. Click zero and then click zero again. And I believe that this is where you can see accounts that have got in like millions of followers, not just thousands or hundreds of thousands, millions of followers. This is where we're going into like top level accounts. Just take a look at the first few. Look at the content they're making. It's like I think the one that I saw was some guy in New York hanging out with me. like I'm sure I'm sure these people are probably famous elsewhere um, or they've been doing it for a while and it's kind of like the Bitcoin effect in that like they jumped on this thing early made heaps of traction and now it's a saturated market but like on face value it's like the hell is this stuff like it's just someone's life I don't I, no one no one cares what latte I had in what city I had no one gives a shit and like I'm looking at this content going, who in their right mind gives a shit about this? And 46 million people obviously do. Um, so like again, these probably people got famous for other reasons and I'm sure they're like pop stars and singers and whatever. Again, don't give a shit about that either. Um, but like this is what I mean when we get caught in like followers and like land and things like that on social media. It's okay, if you're gonna pursue follows and likes. This is what it takes to get bajillion, squillion follows and likes. And that's the direction you gotta point yourself in if that's what you wanna win on, on like the big stage. Do you really wanna post that mundane shit about your life to get followers and likes? And even then, like unless you're famous in any other capacity, no one's gonna care and rightly so. So that's what I mean when I say like these follower metrics and these like metrics. They're based on stupid shit, let's be honest. Like, social media is a weird, weird animal and I can't honestly wait till it falls over or gets replaced by something more sophisticated and probably better for our mental health. But it is what it is, we've got to work with it. So, now that we've seen, okay, let's not pursue likes and follows. Um, because here's another way of thinking about this. And I heard this heard this um, analogy on a podcast. Um, it was Amy Porterfield's um online marketing make it made easy podcast really really um, really really good show if you're looking for more business podcasts to follow um and she was talking to a lady i think who's running a dance company and this lady made an amazing point she said okay thinking about social media likes and follows and all that crap how many spaces you got in your car park like think about it. how many spaces have you got in your parking lot at your shop and even if you're listening to this and you're an e-commerce or an online business how many orders could you realistically fulfill every day how many customers could you realistically serve every day um you know when we think about likes and follows it's we think about we too easily default to quantity over quality like why why do we want a sheer volume of likes and follows if each of those people doesn't stand the chance of actually becoming a customer? Like, unless each of those people that's liking and following you is very likely to become a potential customer of yours, you don't need their likes and follows. Like, so we don't need this inordinate amount of rubbish follows and likes that are never going to become, um, are never going to become customers. 
um, just for the sake of this vanity metric of like, oh, I've, you know, I've got a thousand likes on Facebook. Well, unless you can serve a thousand people every day, you don't need those numbers. Like, so on, on thinking about likes and follows as directly equating to potential customers, here's what I want you to think about. Have you actually sat down and worked out your target income for the month and how many customers that equates to, how many products you've got to move, how many services you've got to offer? Um, have you run the numbers? And like, this was this was a game changer for me when I finally sat down and got out of this mindset of more and into the headspace of, okay, this is my target for the month. This is how many I need for it all to make sense. So if you haven't done the maths on that yet, I highly recommend that exercise because um, it does wonders for your peace of mind because suddenly it's not about more, it's about enough. And more is very hard to achieve because it's infinite. It's just constantly in front of you. Enough is a line in the sand you can actually get to. Um, but even if you haven't done the numbers, let's keep it fairly loosey-goosey here. So could you, again, could you realistically serve 2,000 people a month? About 10,000, 20,000? Like then why the heck do you need that many followers? Why do you heck do you need multiple likes if like, if your KPI is like, if I serve 20 customers a week, I'm happy, you know? Like right now for me, the way my business is set up with websites and marketing consultancy, um, if 10 people say yes to me every month, I'm at capacity. I'm good, I'm done, I'm happy, I'm laughing all the way to the bank. Just 10. So 10 people and my bills are paid, my family is fed, life's good. That's just 10. Um, now that may change as, my, as time goes on and my work evolves and my services change and things like that, that, but right now that is all I need to take care of my family and continue to serve others. And so, and like that's with a social media following of like five to six hundred people. That's all I got. And like it tends to fluctuate. Um, what I have noticed is that um, they don't, the numbers don't fluctuate as much as what they're used to. And that says to me that the people that are following me are just the right type. And like that means that they're here for the right reasons. I'm giving them the right kind of content. So I've, to me, it feels like I'm in tune with the right people. If those people, are, they're pretty much like it goes up slowly as more people find out about me. But when they not most of the time when they come they stay um so there's no point pursuing big numbers if you can't serve big numbers like and again if you're an e-commerce business um those bigger numbers might matter because like you might have smaller margins you might need to move greater volume like that all makes sense but again like even if you are an e-commerce based business if you're listening to this you're typically a small business in a regional and rural town could you fulfill a thousand orders a day like Probably not. Like, do you have that much stock? Um, and so the big takeaway here is knowing your numbers. So actually sitting down and figuring out what your numbers look like and what you need to achieve that enough rather than simply more. Now, <clears throat> social media is largely a weird world and don't know if I particularly like it. But what I've found works on social media and the approach that I take um, typically helps me hone skills that are valuable in other areas and have broader application than just social media. They just happen to work on social media, which is the best way I think to do it. It's that killing multiple birds with one stone, but it's also not getting so stuck on gaming the algorithm. And it's more about how do I create the content and develop the skills that do well here, but also serve 
So the first things first, you've got to get clear on your target market and learn how to connect what you offer to what they need from like a variety of different angles. Like what are they struggling with? What are they trying to achieve? What's going on in their lives right now? Um, what does the silver bullet solution look like for them? And like what's the benefit behind the benefit? Like after the immediate benefit they get of the service you provided, what level of peace of mind or ease or growth do they get past that? Like in my example, so I do websites and marketing consultancy. So with the web marketing consultancy in particular, so we put these systems in place, we get their business live and consistent on multiple platforms, and then we set these systems up in a way that they can run them themselves, they can get a VA to run, like a virtual assistant to run them, they can get a staff member, but it's basically one, consistency, and two, um, the ability to bring people into the fold and make it easier to get support, easier to pay people to help you make it, like keep the wheels turning. Um, so you can maintain that consistency without having to be stuck to your screen. So you get greater quality of life, you're leveling out these peaks and troughs in your income because your marketing's consistent, your messaging is consistent, therefore your income becomes more consistent and you can spend more time with your family knowing your business is ticking along because you've got these systems in place that are promoting it and growing it. That's the benefit behind investing in marketing consultancy. That's the benefit behind the benefit. So you've got to think about your business and what you do, how you serve people in terms of there's the benefit and then there's the benefit behind that benefit. Talk around that because that's likely to be highly emotive and a lot more relatable than the immediate solution you're offering. So talk about that, but then also make sure you're switching gears and really doubling down on this emotive benefit and connecting that to you and your target market. So really get to know the people who are most likely to do business with you. Next one. I say it a lot, but, and it's what we're doing right now, get your face in your feed. Um, and if you if you are a key part of your product or service, get really good at speaking on camera. Now, like it's going to be awkward and clunky at first. And I've said this a number of times before, my first videos were out and out rubbish, but I got them out of the system. Now I'm much better. I'm much better at sort of um, just flowing with an idea. I don't have to script things so much. My pace is better. Look, there's always room for improvement. Um, but I'm much happier with the quality of my videos now than um, what I was when I first. Now, the really, so the reason why you want to get good at speaking on video is you want to get really good at articulating why what you do is important. Um, it's going to position you and it's going to help you develop these skills for like maybe speaking on local radio because in regional rural Australia, um, where reception's still a bit dicey, radio still well. Um, you're going to get good at speaking about what it is that you do from multiple different angles. You're going to get good at articulating um, your target market's pain points and showing that you really understand them. And they're also going to get to be, be getting a preview of what you're actually like to deal with. They're going to be hearing how you speak. They're going to be... Um, it's kind of like having a conversation before a conversation with your customers. So... Getting really good at this is a really good way to shortcut getting content. It's a really good way to get you clear and constantly help you refine your messaging and how you talk about your business or your service or what it is that you do. So the trick that I used to get on a bit of a roll, pick a topic and what when when we're in small business, we typically do it because something was we had a bugbear with our industry, or we have we've developed one along the way, and it's one of those things that really gets under our skin. It's what we often get our soapbox out about. So pick your soapbox topic. What do you don't even get me started level talk about? 
Um, talk about that for about 10, 20 minutes. Just let your ideas flow and record yourself, just as like I'm doing right now. Just record yourself soapboxing it out. Um, and then what you can do is you can use an app like InShot. I've been using that for a long time. Now I'm on Adobe Premiere Pro, but InShot's a really good one to get started. It's like 17 bucks a year. It's stupidly cheap for how good it is. And what you can do is you can slice out snippets of that 10 to 20 minute rant. Um, you can slice them out and cut them down and turn them into reels. So it's like one 10 to 20 minute batch and you can slice that down into 30 second reels, pull out those little nuggets of gold, schedule on social media. So all it's really cost you is 10 to 20 minutes worth of ranting about your chosen topic and then cutting it down, scheduling it out and suddenly you could have anywhere between a couple of reels to sometimes I can get up to eight reels if I get on a really good topic. Um, and then you can schedule them out and you, you, suddenly you've got days of content out in front of you that you don't have to stress about but it's your face your voice which brings me to like the final thing that I want you guys to start getting good at is slicing and dicing content um, so that what this is is about getting a maximum value for the investment of your time in making marketing material and again we're improving our speaking skills we're getting really good at clarifying our message we're getting really good at connecting what it is we do to those um, we serve so let me give, let me sort of walk you through how my content works. So what I do is I make a video, like what I'm doing right now, where I explain a particular. Um, and side note, when you're doing marketing content like this, um, what you want to be doing is you want to be <clears throat> think about it in terms of what do your potential customers need to know understand or do before they're ready to do business with you because what you're going to be doing then is you're going to be addressing what's in the gap the gap between them doing business with you and them working with you um, and where they are now and where they're stuck so educate in the gap what's what's sitting in that gap between their where they are now and them saying yes to you and you being able to have a positive impact on their life come up with a topic educate to the gap so then once you video once um, I make the video where it's about 10 to 20 minutes the audio gets stripped out turned into the podcast um, and then the video gets like I said sliced and diced four to six different ways that gets turned into reels um, then my virtual assistant uh, she publishes my podcast and while she's doing that she's listening for any little like nuggets of gold um, that they can be turned into different kinds of po uh, posts like quote posts carousels things like that she then also adds um, each weekly episode to a newsletter template that we send out to my database um, along with we're trying to sort of also embed some other tips and tricks and ideas and things like that in there as well. Uh, the podcast episode gets added to my website um, as well as being podcast uh, published on like main podcasting apps like Apple, um, Spotify, Google Podcasts, things like that. And Google loves seeing your website being updated regularly. So it's a really good excuse to be adding new content to your website every week. Um, so from one, 20, one 10 to 20 minute video, I get a podcast, multiple reels, additional posts, content for my newsletter, and my website gets an update every week. That's from 10 to 20 minutes worth of effort. So it's taken me a couple of years to get to that point. So don't don't look at that as like step one. Like it's been, it's probably been about close to five years, I would think, of me layering stuff in. It's layering in video, then layering in consistent content, then layering in the newsletter. And then I'm now at the point where these things are 
they're consistent and now I'm just looking to tweak and improve and sort of focus on each one and go, okay, how can I make this better? How can I make this better? But the systems there up and running largely because I created the system and then I also brought in help to get me to run it, keep me accountable and keep the wheels turning. Um, but also see how I'm not completely dependent on social media in the context of that system. Like there are other channels in the mix there. There's my website, there's newsletters, there's podcasts. Like social media is a part of it, but it's not all of it. And like we've all seen how much drama these platforms like, have on the decision making end. Like, you know, I'm recording this January 2023. So we've just come out the other side of Elon Musk buying Twitter. That was a big thing. Like, you know, I mean, think about how many businesses were reliant on Twitter who were like sweating bullets trying to see how that was going to go, what he was going to do with it. Like, whoa. Um, like TikTok, apparently, I was um, reading the other day, TikTok has a frighteningly, frighteningly I'm not going to butcher that word, um, invasive privacy policy like someone I was listening to actually read through the privacy policy on TikTok and the information and data it will save on you as a user is frightening and it's detailed so I would be like I'm not on TikTok and I don't see myself being on TikTok anytime in the future because I don't want that level of my data being kept by somebody I don't know um, and then you've got like you know Facebook and Instagram being embroiled in political issues and you know censorship and things like that so like these platforms aren't then I wouldn't look at them as hard and fast staples and like you, for me I hold them at arm's length and I try to have the system in place where if they collapse tomorrow would not care less to be honest I'd just take my business elsewhere um, and I feel like that's the best thing that most of us can do when we're in like this the small levels like service and product sort of service game is that we don't we don't have time for that level of drama and we can't afford for that level of drama to have too, too big an impact on our business because um, they don't, those guys don't care about us. Those service people who are providing us with the service, they're not going to come and see if our business is okay if the thing crumbles in a heap. So hold it at arm's length, use it as much as possible without attaching your mental health to it, but also have other things on the boil. Um, so I hope hope that's given you a bit of relief in terms of when you feel like you're not winning social media don't try like play your own game don't focus on vanity they're called vanity metrics where it's likes, shares follow like those things are good to track but don't have don't feel like your success hinges on them look for other indicators of success and try to get the maximum value out of the time and the energy you're investing in your marketing by slicing and dicing your content be really smart with how you make it and where you put it hope that helps guys and please tag me in whatever you come up with i would love to see if you've come up with something extra cool and then you put it out there in the world tag me in it so i come and see come, can come over to your platforms and see